0: All right.
1: Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. On this month's special episode where we look at the relationship between Thistle and another championship team, we are going to look at our broth Joining me to do so, David Forrest. David, are you well? I'm
2: very well. It's it's my favourite uh, away day of the year coming up. I can't wait.
1: It's going to be great and I'm looking forward to talking about our Arbroath. I'm very much looking forward to how it is both of our favourite away days, but how we have both have had absolutely miserable times in this place. But yes, very much looking forward to this one. And joining us from an, a growth perspective, Ewan Smith. Ewan, how are you? Hi,
0: I'm brilliant. It's great to hear that you like you're liking away days. Did, did you go to the switches at Pleasureland before or are we bouncing the trampoline and then across the road to Tutties and then to, what was Pepples for your chips up, your first supper afterwards? Is that,
1: is that why it's your favourite? Well, I'm a big Bear rock chippy man. David has got his eyes oh, on a, a Pleasureland prize. Tell us all about your yeah. Pleasureland goals
2: this season. So, so th- this is the hunt for silverware. We're going to come away with a trophy from Pleasureland. Uh, me and friend of the show, Jackie Synagogue, uh, love our bro from the Love Pleasureland.
1: We've right, tasked
2: ourselves okay. with winning. It's like a, a shite Halloween skeleton goblet thing. It's like 1,700 <laughs> tickets. And um, uh-huh. you can win, you win 400 tickets in the Deal or No Deal machine. And I've been reliably informed that Jack has figured out how to uh, cheat on the Deal or No Deal machine. Um, so if there's anybody from Pleasureland listening, we won't be doing that. But yeah, we, we over our two visits, we plan to win, uh, win the Skeleton Goblet uh, and drink a can out of it in the train home, and we'll lift it
0: like we've won the Scottish Cup. So we're bringing uh, trophies back home to hell. That's brilliant. I have to say, you're probably the only people who have ever won it in it out of Pleasureland. It's one of those, with that grabbing machine, you, you, you pile that with coins and then it gets so close to the edge, and then, oh, it magically doesn't come out, go over the threshold. So, yeah. Um, funnily enough, right, I know this is a Thistle abroad podcast, but a few weeks ago when our unbeaten run was ended by Inverness, I spoke to Duncan Ferguson after the game and he said he'd only been up in Abro twice before that game. He'd been up once playing for Rangers and scored his only hat-trick in Scottish football and he'd been up another time at Pleasureland where he was banging the Penny Falls machine hoping that money would drop down so he could keep playing. I, 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 would I would
2: give so much to watch like Duncan Ferguson tipping point bang in it. Pleasureland. <laughs> you wouldn't stop him, would you? You wouldn't stop him if he's banging that machine. You'd just say,
0: that nah, I'm just banging back. Bang. It's like dunk. Big dunk at
1: the Penny Falls in Pleasureland, but there you go. So, so yeah. If I had the money, David, I would commission a six-part BBC Two Monday night documentary of you and Duncan Ferguson going round the, <laughs> the arcades of the northeast of Scotland. That would be tremendous. Um, I'm all you, for it. Yeah, <laughs> we've mentioned that we do we do really like an away day to our broth. I'd say we like the away day more than we like playing our broth. We had a, a long run, then over mm-hmm. 20 years without beating you. When our broth come up against us, so. What do you think about that game, and what do you look forward to when you when you come down down the road to Maryhill?
0: Well, I really, I've, I've always quite liked Thistle, to be honest with you as a club. I think it's a friendly club. I think you guys are I listen to your podcast quite a lot, and you guys have got a really sort of almost a very balanced perspective on football to be honest with you. I like the fact that you guys can laugh at yourselves as a club. Do you know? Because you know that you have no, but you can know because you've got your ups <laughs> no, and downs. Yeah, really you know that, to, and it's yeah. it's it seems, it seems to have been a club that you know has been up there pushing uh, up in the prem, prem for years, then coming back down again, then going down again, then coming up. And, but you guys are able to laugh at yourselves. You don't take yourselves too seriously. You don't like suddenly going a massive huff if your if your side loses. I'm sure you're upset about it, but you don't fall out. I mean, there's something with club fans in this country as well that. When their team loses it's an absolute disaster but when their team wins they think they're going to win the Champions League but you're not like that, you're balanced that way. I like that, uh, I like some of the characters that you've had over the years. I actually wrote a piece for the Thistle programme for the last game which we won 3-0 by the way in case you don't remember that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, uh, but I wrote a piece uh, about packing packing favourite person and John Lambie for me, he epitomises of Thistle for all the things that I've just really picked out. Somebody that's willing to laugh at themselves. Somebody that's a character. Somebody that people like. You know, they just look at him and think, he's a character. He's a he's a good lad. So yeah, I think I really like you as a club. Um, I did used to like you a lot more, probably between two thousand and two and two thousand and twenty-one, when you when you were struggling to beat us, but after after our season where we almost went up. Yeah, last
1: season was just a disaster against you so I wasn't really looking forward to playing you last season. So uh, Last last season, you, I was surprised looking back at you you didn't score against us last season but you, you put that no. right a couple of weeks ago at Four Hill. Uh, you've won 3-0 at Four Hill. Uh, that's a very good result for you but how is, how's the start of the season gone for a growth? We're about a quarter of the way through now. Are you I think maybe we're a bit surprised at how well our both are doing, but are you, are you, do you think mm-hmm. they, they are exceeding expectations this season so far? Well, if I'm being perfectly honest,
0: no, right? And I think the two United right, games have punctuated our season in a way. You know, we played down at the start of the season, and this is not a word of a lie. I was on holiday time, we were on holiday over in Mexico, and um, we managed to get the game on in Mexico, and watch the game, and me and my son Jackson genuinely believe we were going to get a result against Dundee United at the start of the season, because what we've seen a few weeks earlier was Dundee coming to gayfield and us giving them a real game, and, and we think we've recruited really well in the summer, and we thought Dundee United will get a shot, because they'll think that we're their growth of last season when we're not really, and then we were disastrous, and then I've been at that game on Friday night against Dundee United, and honestly, I know you guys lost 5-0 before them, but, 6-0 go on 10 or 11 against London United and then I'm thinking that again isn't the growth that I really think so in between those times we started the season with four defeats and then we had four wins in the league and then we lost to Ernestham first, and then we lost to the game to Dun United so I actually think we will finish mid-table potentially pushing for fourth place in the playoff side so I genuinely think that we are a much better side than we were last year and maybe this the, the growth that you saw a few weeks ago at how it wasn't that wasn't a one-off at that point we were we were playing like that in other games as well so that that's the growth that I think
1: is that's what we're capable of. Yeah, I was actually impressed with you a, a few weeks ago at Firhill. I thought it was quite a different growth to definitely from last season, but even the season where you were runners up in the league because. I think you, d- you did sit quite deep against us, but when you got the ball, you played quite—you played really nice football, actually. And you cut us apart for a couple of the goals. Whereas a couple of years ago, when you were successful, you were—I would say you might disagree—but when, definitely when the games are both defeated, this you were relying on guys like Nubly and Hamilton, and it was a bit mm-hmm. more yeah. a bit more long ball. But the, the football you mm-hmm. played it for was was brilliant. Do you think there has been a change of approach this season for our Broth? Well, was massively so and. The thing that maybe people that don't follow our bro story day in
0: day out uh, wouldn't know is that they completely revised the recruitment system uh, last November. So they brought in Barry Sellers, who played for Abrof. Um, his dad, Eric, also played and was apparently a very good player as well. Um, but Barry um, came in at that point when, when almost those stick camels hold his hands up to him and Pink and saying, look, we've not recruited well. So the club put a system in place that Barry works alongside them to pick players. And that work is coming to fruition because he's leaving no stone unturned and we've recruited exceptionally well in the summer. And I think that that has, when when the team gels, that really does show in the pitch. We, we, we couldn't score a goal for, for Toffee last season. We were terrible up front last season. Um, so much so we were trying out to get Antoine Dowd's back. That's who we really wanted. Um, and I know he's not really done much for you guys. And going forward, we've got a really potent, potentially very potent attack. We didn't sign any defenders, which was a bit mental or a bit dodgy because we lost Colin Hamilton a long-term injury. But we put Scott Stewart, who's a an attacking right midfielder, we see it, into left back for most of the start of the season, and he did exceptionally well. So I think we've recruited well, and I think that I agree with your point about a couple of years ago. I think we had more individuals in that in that team. But I think we're actually more of a cohesive uh, team than we were two years ago.
1: David, do you want to come in there?
2: Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask. Obviously, like Dick Campbell's been the arbroath manager for how long? Like, he's, he's probably is he? He's one of the longest-serving. Certainly, he's been there for absolute ages. But he's obviously had considerable success in Angus with Forfar and mm-hmm. Beacon as well, I think he was a. But obviously, yeah. he, was, he was official manager with us and even though he did get his promoted from League One, it was very much a, a limping over the line. And there was several moments in that campaign where it looked like we were going to get absolutely nothing from it and he was going to get his daughter. So I, I just wondered, like, do you think that with Dick Campbell, obviously when he came to Glasgow, it's a different sort of setup than it is up in Angus, but mm-hmm. he says it's in mm-hmm. so many of his clubs. Do you think that he's just yeah. Angus is where he belongs in terms of what is it that you think that makes our
0: growth... And Dick Campbell's such a good fit together. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean like, it doesn't shy away to tell you he's a fifer, he's born and bred Fifer, but I totally agree with you. When you look at his managerial or coaching career history, he spent the majority of it in Angus. You know, I mean he had I think it would be five or six years at Breakin, certainly had six and a half at Forfur. Um I think he's in his eighth year of a and he had success at all three of those clubs. Uh, I don't know, I think it's not just an Angus thing though It's potentially the, the part-time side of thing Really suits Dick To be honest with you The underdog thing suits him um, And I know I said You guys at some stages are underdogs But other times you're not I think that suits him really well He likes it when he's back's to the wall When people write him off He likes to pull rabbits out of hats And surprise people And it does just fit To be honest with you, right He got, there was criticism last season But nowhere near the level of criticism towards Dick Campbell than any other manager would have got another club. Um, because I think there's also a, a widespread appreciation for what he's done, not just on Tarkat Abro for his time, but what he's done to energise the whole club. Um, he really has transformed the club, not single-handedly, admittedly. There's been so many people working behind the, site, the scenes, but he's the focal point of a transformation of a club that used to get 500-600 fans on a regular basis, and we are, now, we are now, last season we were the fourth highest supported uh, team in the league last season. 1,500 seasons I got older last year, we've got 1,300 this year, and he single-handedly has been the focal point to, to transform our club, so I know he didn't do it official the way you're saying, but he certainly did it for us. He's, he's turning
1: 70 in the next few weeks, is there yeah. any sign of him you know, slowing down or delegating some duties, how how long do you think he can go on for it, bro
0: I, I don't think he's lost any passion, honestly. I mean, I've been, I've actually been fortunate enough in my previous job, I've just moved out of sports journalism, but in my previous job, I covered Abro very closely. I was at the training sessions on a Monday night quite, quite a lot recently as well. And I was talking to him lately. He's got the fire in his belly just now. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like last season's given him a point to prove and he wants to keep going because he didn't. He, he felt that we didn't achieve what we could have done last season. So, um, I don't see him slowing down. It's, interesting. it's an interesting dynamic between himself and Pink, his, his twin brother Ian. I mean, because Pink's like, as fit as a fiddle, you'll never meet a fitter, 70, almost 70-year-old 70 in Pink. Goes cycling everywhere, goes running everywhere. I'm not sure that Dick goes cycling and running everywhere, to be honest with you. Uh, so so I would say that Pink's probably the energetic one, the one that will still be out there on the training ground, uh instructions, but Dick's the character, he's the communicator, he's the one that every, when he's in a room everybody stops and listens to. I, can't, I, I genuinely can't see uh, him slowing down or giving up any time soon. I think he's still got massive passion for football, and as long as he can he'll be involved and in. hopefully that'll be at our growth because i'd love to see him be the more successful with us
1: yep uh well if you've listened to this format of episode before you know when we have guests on we speak about memorable games between the two sides and then players that have played for both teams we will start with with games and you know come to you in a game that, that you remember fondly from an growth point of view what have you picked
0: Right, so we'll go back to that season we've just spoken about Where we so nearly won the league We came within, I think, about 12 minutes of of winning the, the Scottish Championship So August 2021, early on in the season um, And you come and it's a, a horrendous day, let's say, at Gayfield The not, not, wind wasn't the problem that day, it was the rain I can remember it was a torrential downpour that day And you came up the road and we won 3-1 Michael McKenna scored twice Nicky Lowe scored and that's the goal I really remember because I remember the celebration the Abrof fans were packed into the pleasure land end. Uh Nicky Lowe scores and he does a knee slide in front of the fans who all then come down and there's an iconic I would say from an Abrof perspective image that just shows the togetherness between the, the club and the fans at that stage and that's the day I walked away from Gayfield thinking, do you know what? We might actually do something this year I wasn't thinking we might go and push for the league, but I was thinking we've got a chance to get in the playoffs here because the crowds were starting to go up. There was a real feeling that everybody behind the scenes at the club was really positive, really upbeat. And we had a team. Um, we definitely had a team. And we had a star in Joel nibley as well that was that was only just starting to come to the fore at that point. So I thought, you know what, we could do it. And Thistle for us, I think it's still a scalp. When we beat you, every time we play against you, if we beat you, I don't think Urquhwell is of vessel. I think that's a bloody good result, because it's perfect vessel.
1: So, um, I'm not sure you guys enjoyed it so much, though, eh? Uh, not really. So we'll, go, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on to our days a little bit later. I do want to ask you about Nubly, Ewan, because I think this was the first time a lot of vessel fans would have seen him and he was he was a very unique player in the championship i don't think many players in the championship at that time or or since could do the, mm-hmm. the things that he could do he, i don't think he scored against this but every time i think he only played against us two maybe three times but he terrorized us every time he played against yeah. us how, how effective yeah. was he and spell out of well you say you don't
0: know any player that was like him or not i genuinely like i've been well i'm, I'm 45 so i'm getting on but i've been watching football for about 40 years I genuinely can't really remember many players at all like him in all that time. I genuinely can't. I think that you look at him, right, and there was this misconception with him that he's over six foot and he's built and you think, oh, they will just lodge a long ball up to him and he'll win the headers and fuck it on. That's not at all what Joel Nubli was about. Joel Nubli was about the close control, bringing the ball down, you know, just leaving players for dead and a player that could get to the byline with a ball and keep the ball rolling along the byline without it ever going out of play, I've never seen a player that's got such an incredible close control as that he just it was just phenomenal, but do you know the best thing about Joel Newbley, it wasn't the way he played football, it was his personality that's what. That's why the both fans loved him so much, a lone player that comes up, he only spent six months with us, but he's fully invested in our club he fully invested in us as a town he was living in edinburgh because he's obviously unload from livingston but he was traveling up regularly to join in with our community trust volunteering like he he phoned and asked them, can i come and help you he was coming up helping out with all the, the classes he was the most polite pleasant person i've ever met honestly that that's why we loved him so much it wasn't just about the pitch, I mean, he would, after games he would be signing autographs genuinely for 20 minutes after a game he would, the, 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 the team talk was already done post match team talk was already done, he's still out there signing autographs and getting selfies taken, um, just a lovely guy, but such a phenomenal football player, can I tell you, the last thing I'll say with Joe Mibley, my son absolutely adores him, Jackson, he's got a, a full-size canvas behind his bed Jackson's nearly 18 full-size canvas by his bed, signed by Joe Newbley. He's also just got the new FIFA game, and I don't really understand it, but you can sign players on your ultimate team that you can then upgrade, pay money to upgrade. He's signed Joe Nubli, and he's trying to upgrade him because he can eventually, he believes, get him up to 95, Um, and then when he gets him up to 95, he's going to send Joe Nubli a message
1: on Instagram, Um, and I'm sure Joe will reply because he always does. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. David, from a thistle perspective, this was a, a very tough day. I'm looking at our starting eleven and I'm I'm a bit confused to be honest. We've got Ross McKeever, Brian Graham, and Zach Ruddon all starting. Um I'm I'm not really sure how that worked <laughs> on the day. <laughs> um it was this was a notable game for a, a Tunji Akinola debut. We'll have a little chat about him. It was also the last appearance in a thistle jersey of Harry Stone. What do you remember of this this day, David?
2: I forgot how bad this game was until you brought it up a moment ago. I forgot that this is Harry Stone's last um, appearance with his. I, I believe that he has a clangor for the first goal, doesn't he? Um, it's it's yeah.
1: either the first or the second, yeah. yep. Yeah. Few,
2: yeah. wasn't it? yep. Yeah. And the yeah. third, I think, then as well. Yeah, he, and this was a sort of a time when it was a sort of Cold War arms race between Snedden and Stone to see he could have could have the stupidest clangor in goals at the start of the season so uh, it was not great as well as that you mentioned obviously Joe Noobly and you mentioned Akinola debuting here obviously we know how good Akinola was at that time for us uh, again like when we, we signed him in January to a longer contract the, the tagline was the best defender in the championship has extended his contract obviously you know cursed words that really we shouldn't have said but at the time, it was true. At the time, it was unbelievable. The only person that get any traction against Akinola was Nubly, and then, as you said, in the two three games that he played, he absolutely terrorised us, and Akinola just could not deal with him. And it was that sort of thing when you see Akinola against Nibley where it was, oh no, like sort of like Wasiri um, against Peterhead in the last couple of years, you're like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. And thankfully for Tunji, for the most part, it did that season. But um, I always just remember they're tearing apart our defence. I can all just at sixes and sevens. um, It was also the game that Man got arrested at. Um, I I, I, I mean, it's also um, a landmark uh, for me and it is the only time I've ever went for a shit in a football toilet and will be the only time because (laughs) never... And absolutely, I, I don't know how people can do that. Like, It's just... It, it's like being in a Saw film. I hate it so much. Um, yeah, a terrible, terrible day. It's n- yeah, no, it's horrible. E- not even a bell rock fish supper and a shot at Sega Rally could really soothe the, the winds that this day left. It was a horrendous day.
1: I've, I've got no follow-up questions on that, David. I did have... Uh, Please would, don't. Please don't. <laughs> I would say maybe equally as bad a day. You uh, mentioned the torrential downpour. My windscreen wiper stopped working on about five miles outside our Broth. I braved it into our Broth, and then had to be rescued. And I was—I don't know if you'd call it towed. My car was pushed onto the back of a truck. Then I sat up front in the truck and was driven, mm-hmm. driven to my front door. Uh, Post match, it was—it was a terrible, terrible day. And I think, I think we will leave it there. I do have a, another our Broth win at Gayfield that I want to speak about, though. You and I'll come to you on this one. It was. Our both to participate this one. It was January 2020, about uh-huh. five or six weeks before Scottish football came to a stop. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of debutants in this game, um, and this I believe this was our both's. This would have been our both's first season back in the championship. What do you remember of this this game? Right,
0: okay. I'm, I'm just I, I was probably commentating at that game just as you say that because obviously I both commentator at the time. Is this, is this a game that Craig Whiting scored, and you scored? You scored in the last minute, That's Brian, it. Brian Graham. Yeah, That's it. yeah. So Brian, well, so Brian, well, Brian Graham, you
2: know, the win scored, and Brian Graham claimed it basically. But yes, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, well, that so that was, Whiting, that was Whiting's first spell with us. Um, at that point, you know, was, and, and Whiting actually became he became a bit of a, a bit of a hero for us, to be honest with you. You know, and, and that. I still because we were struggling for a striker. We, we never had any goals. We, we were worried that we were actually potentially going to go down at one stage. And Whiting came in and made a massive impact for us. So I remember that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's not. It's not actually the game that stands out for me. You know, it's been the. It's been the, the big one. But yeah, I don't know. Why does it stand out so much for you? I
1: think well. <laughs> I I took my then. Oh, wasn't she wasn't even my fiance then. My now wife up to that game and she's vowed never to return to her It was so cold. Um we I think we remember this game mostly just because of how many new players we had. I'm just looking at the team. Leo Connor played, Darry McKinnon played in midfield, Brian Graham he played, he was probably the only new player that's still there. I think Jamie Burjonis, he came on, and we were really excited going up to our because for the first couple of months of the Ian McCall, the second Ian McCall era, it was all, oh, once we get to January and he signs his own players, we'll be fine. And and th- this was mm-hmm. it, he'd signed his own players. And with all due respect, you go to a broth when you, in the championship and you, you target that as a winnable game. And we were 2-0 down and after about half an hour. Scott Fox mm-hmm. must have put about six balls into the North Sea, um, to the, the ire of. Everybody in the, the this line that day couldn't couldn't quite work out the concept of wind, I think as David famously put it. And just looking at a centre-back partnership, David, this day it was Tam O'Wear and Sean McGinty. And I do not suspect that was a centre-back partnership that was seen many times after this game.
2: I mean, when you were reeling off the names in this team, I was recoiling at everyone. Leo Connor, Jamie Barjonis, centre-backs, Tam O'Wear, Sean McGinty. All the stars are here. Oh my god and i i remember this is we always we obviously joke about the wind tunnel about gayfield about yeah. costa del gayfield the wind yep. all that and there's a video of the tidal wave getting the guy with the corner and oh, like these yep. stuff yeah all that but i think this is the like the par excellence you no know, yeah, primo um, there was one point, a guy just started shouting at Scott Fox, hit it the other way, the wind will send it into the pitch, you keep hitting <laughs> it into the sea, like pleading with him to like, like please just hit it the other way, and um, it was, I think it was 35 mile an hour, I mean, that's that's probably par for the course. Oh, that's just a
1: breeze, eh? Exactly. A
2: breeze, I, say. I remember, this is the first ever time I'd been to bro. And uh, I was excited. It was one of the only Sega rally machines in captivity. All this, right? Couldn't wait to get up there. And then you sent me a video at about 1pm <laughs> of a seagull who couldn't fly in the wind because it kept getting hit back <laughs> by the wind. It just couldn't go forward. And I was like, oh, fuck off. What are we going into here? It can't surely be as bad as Matt has made this video to look. It, it, it was. It was um, not great. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I've... I've seen Kirsty at many thistle games being miserable, re evaluating our life choices. But this one is very much like, yeah, like it's, it's frankly a miracle that
0: you're still together. I'm not going to lie. I was just going to ask, did you have your honeymoon up now, bro, after she got married to you? She changed her mind.
1: Funnily enough, you would we actually, the day after we got married, we went down to Somerset Park and watched a fauna off thistle win. A winter. much calmer seaside Seaside there. <laughs> I don't think she's ever agreed to come to a bro. <laughs> I tell a lie, actually, this was about a week after we got engaged, so I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what she was thinking to go through with the marriage. Um, yeah. Last word on, <laughs> on this game, a, a nice one. Uh, the two goalkeepers, as we've mentioned, Scott Fox, but Derek Gasson as well, meeting for, uh-huh. I would guess, one of the first times since the, the 1-0 Morton game, where Thistle defeated Morton for the, the league title in 2013. I'm guessing mm-hmm. um, they, with the, it, it, can it they sure, that? Yeah. It sure did. Yep. Uh, we might as well ask you now. Uh, you know what's J- what was James Craigan like in a broth shop?
0: I really liked James Craigan to be honest with you. Um, I, I would say for like a number of years he, he fitted into what we needed at the club in terms of he was so versatile. He played. He could play anywhere for us. Commit- he was committed when he was on the pitch. He scored that goal at Kamarnock that probably Jackson, my son, still describes it as his most favourite moment as an A Nabro fan even though Jackson started crying as soon as the ball hit the net, I thought Jackson had, uh, Jackson, we, we were right up the very back of the rugby park that And you know, you, you, you've got the sort of the barriers and stuff like that. I thought Jackson had celebrated and cracked his head off that. And that's why he was crying. But he was crying because he said, we're actually going to win the league, dad, we're actually going to win the league. So James Gregan single-handedly uh, was responsible for that. I liked him because I did a spell, as I said earlier on, uh, as a, Co-commentator on the Broke TV, and uh, James Craigan, he volunteered, wanted to get on that because he wanted to to sort of carve out a little niche in media for himself. So he was coming on as a pundit on that. Yeah, I really liked him. I think I think he was a good player, a very good player. I was sad when he left. I just think that he wanted to move on at that point, and maybe maybe he wasn't a regular at that point for us as well. So he moved on. Um, but I know that you guys hold him in high
1: esteem as well particularly because of that goal I just mentioned against Morton. Absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll chat about a few more players a little bit later on. Just the last game we're going to talk about, David, have you got a game that, that sticks in your memory? From the same season as your one, Matt, I,
2: I bring to you Friday the 13th of September 2019, up at Gayfield, Gary Caldwell's Partick Thistle with Scott Fox and goals and Kenny Miller up front, the, the dream team. I remember I watched this game in Japan because it was in Japan at the time, and we've got uh, stayed up to uh, 3 a.m. in a hotel in Tokyo watching this absolutely god awful game where we were at just you know, ran from pillar to post. Scott Fox he saved Gary Caldwell from getting sacked on the night because Scott Fox I think, maybe had one of his best games that he had in his second spell with us. He pulled out some cracking saves to make sure that we didn't get beat here and at the time this was this was our first game against Arbroath back wasn't it um back in the championship it'd it been less
0: been,
2: yep. yeah a solid yeah. like 10 odd years or whatever and at that time it was still the it, it, I believe Arbroath came up from league one that season as well hadn't they so they mm-hmm. won league yeah. one and it was very much the fairy tale and I think a lot of people were expecting a a breaking or a cowden beef sort of Run! Oh, well done. The we the wee Diddy team from up north are gonna get in the championship. They'll get some good away days. Then they'll get relegated, and that's it. And there um, was still the at the time the they're part time. They're all joiners and plumbers. We should be absolutely tanking them. And then it was it was the first game that we played, and our bro for our, by far the better side. Scott Fox Scott Fox saved us some losing this game. That uh, that August September is. I would say the worst I have seen Thistle. Not necessarily. I have seen worse games, but no one cared. Everyone just hated it. Everyone wanted it to end, and like it just kept going. For every week, you couldn't. You just could not get yourself infused about watching Carrie Caldwell's Partick Thistle. It just. It just didn't happen, and everyone was miserable. And this game was very much a. I think. A lot of us kind of wanted our bro to win just to for him to get the bullet, to be honest. And I think a lot of us were a bit disappointed that he didn't get the bullet until it was in fact, it was so bad at this point that the Doolin testimonial was on the Sunday and he got sacked because everyone saw how bad we were and how much everyone hated it and just didn't care. And then he went to the Doolin testimonial, seeing how, seen how much People were infused by it, and they immediately punted them. And yeah, this Arbroath game—oh, god—it was a real. Uh, it, it was the goal. It really was. But At this point, there, there was no, there was no more battle to scrape. That, that was it.
1: I can't. I'm reading that again. I can't believe we we went up and we we. We did not lose with a Tam aware Sean McGinty centre-back partnership, David. We only conceded one goal. The Berezi
2: bur- bur- Maldini of their time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, and I'm going to come to you on this game because the, I think mm. the only thing I can remember is, I'm sure what you want to talk about, the controversially disallowed late both nearly winner, which which I imagine would have seen the end of Gary Caldwell um, days before he eventually did go. Sadly, Sadly, this was his last game.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, I'm i trying to remember that. Was that Keith Whiting, I
1: think? I'm trying
0: to remember now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually look it. wouldn't have been Whiting, sorry. I, I so think there it go. was Luke
1: Donnelly. I think it was Luke Donnelly. Luke Donnelly. Oh, was he clean through on goal? I'm trying to remember that now. I, I think, think it was. was I think it was. He was played in and he, he scored and it was dislocated. Like and he and was they offside, said he was
0: offside. He was, said he was offside, yeah. yeah. Was offside, yeah. Um, it was certainly, I know Kenny Miller scored for you guys that night. I know it was a Friday night game. Um. I know that uh, it was actually the first time we played against each other in 17 years. So you have a right to say you have a right to say that it has been a long time since we played against each other. Uh, you were also right to say that it was start of September, where well, the point where your guys are coming up here thinking, "Oh well, it's just that uh, hopefully they will be up for a season." I thought that at that point as well. I thought we'd be up for a wee adventure and we'd be straight back down the next season. But it was maybe another one of those nights where. I'm thinking back to seeing that goal and thinking probably at that point I'm thinking, oh God, there's our chance to try and get the points that might keep us up in the league. Not actually thinking that we might actually decide that's gonna compete and do really well. But um I'm looking at our back four that night, and the only change from our current back four is um uh, Jason Thompson was playing that night, which he was a regular for us at that point anyway. Um with Gaster and goals, we still got three out three out of the five for the keeper and the four. It just shows you how solid that backline has been for us for the number of years. You know, they've played hundreds of games together, so they're still the backbone of our side There's We've still got McKenna and the team. You know, we're still there's still a, a core of players there that have been loyal with us from uh, going through, some of them from League 2 up to League 1, up to Championship. So, yeah, um, that particular game, I do think, I think, I'm pretty sure I thought we were robbed of that, that goal. Um, Donnelly, and I think at that point I would have been gutted, thinking that could be the one that we need to stay up. So,
1: David, uh, a theme of doing these podcasts is, is naming. Or who do you think who do you think was sub Don? What do you think our subs were like? I, I'm not going to ask you because I think it might it might do things to your your men's mental health. This is the worst thistle bench I've ever seen in my life. Let me tell you the six outfielders, <laughs> David. This this would not win the ten at sixes. Ryan Williamson. <laughs> Ben Hall, mm. Ben Hall could walk by me mm. in the street. I I, I couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't point him out. Lewis Mansell, Rafa Devita, Stephen oh Saunders, and Mo Mo Sena Niang, a nineteen-year-old pre-COVID Mo Sena Niang.
2: This is also Mo Sena Niang of. Like Mo, Mo Sen and Yang was not good when he was. He, I I he put in some absolutely stinking performances. Sometimes he really grew into the team. This was before he grew into the team. I, um, the, the COVID season was really where he broke out and became a great player. Before that, he was he was not the man that that we remember Mo Sen and Yang being now. Oh my God, that's and,
1: and he's the best one on that bench.
2: Remember like when we get relegated from the the I remember when we get relegated of course you will. i remember in the championship like for like about a two months we just had like two goalkeepers and like either a 16 year old or an aging 35 year old in the bench and nobody else because we just had so many injuries i'd take that bench over this like i i, okay. I, I yeah <laughs> atrocious <sighs>
1: Right, well, we'll move on then to, to notable players who have played for both teams. We've already mentioned James Craig and Ewan. Is there, is there anyone else you'd, you'd like to shout out who's played for both?
0: Yeah, I, I've got my favourite, but I'll just uh, list a few recent ones that um, were particularly good for us, but they've not really done a lot for you guys, to be fair. Anton Dowdes, even in our very short spell, almost had the same level of impact as Joel Noobly had uh, for us when he was on loan from Falkirk. Um, we were desperate to sign him. Falkirk Who'd never gave him a chance at a point, hauled him back, and never really gave him, they gave him a couple of games, but never really gave him the opportunity we'd have had that he stayed at us. Ben Williamson's another guy I'd like to mention. You guys have probably not seen the best of yet, but Ben Williamson was a brilliant loan player for us. Um, and I think he really fitted into us as a club as well. Again, for similar reasons to Joel Noobly, he really invested in us as a club and as a town. Um, but the guy I'm picking out is a guy who never really did a lot for you guys that started his career for you. Ricky Little. Ricky Little from an Abrov perspective, he's up there with Bobby Lynn in terms of like an iconic player who spent well, he's had his testimonial this year against Montrose. Bobby had his last season, um he's played over three hundred and fifty games. But that guy, it's do- well documented, but the, the miles that the guy the guy clocks up coming from Ayrshire up to Abrow to play his football for 10 years, travelling that, that level of that distance without complaining. Um, it's just a phenomenal player. But, and he's still got his West Coast accent. He still talks like that and everything like that. But you guys probably don't remember much
1: of him in a festival Because when I looked up the stats, as far as I could see, he'd only played about four games for you. So... My main pre or both Ricky Little memory is him playing and scoring. I believe in Queens Park Four Partick Thistle Five, which is a, a famous challenge cup oh, from about 10, 11 years ago, and he scored for Queens Park in that one. So that that was my main sort of pre or both Ricky Little memory. But yeah, him and him and O'Brien, they've really formed a, a formidable yeah. partnership for you, haven't they? Yeah, oh,
0: they, they've been they've been unbelievable. I mean, they've just been just year on year. They just do it as well, and they complement each other so well because. Ricky Little's more of an old fashioned defender that will get the ball clear. Um, um and for a for a relatively small guy, he has got some string on him, with some leap. I mean, he's scored a few headers in his time, he's won headers. Um but alongside Tam O'Brien, who is genuinely right, and I'm biased, but genuinely a player who could go and play in the top six in the premiership, in Scottish Premiership, I, I genuinely believe he's good enough to do that. He's a football playing defender who alongside him has got somebody that will win the ball. But he's somebody that's calm under pressure on the ball. The amount of times that Tom O'Brien will just like fill a fill attacker in, thinking he's going to clear the ball, and he'll just scoot past them, and then and then buy himself a whole heap of time to find a pass. The two of them have been brilliant. So, yeah, um, I can't imagine on a both side without the two of them in it now. To
1: be honest with you. David, what about you? Who who caught your eye from this this list of players that have played for both? Um, I had
2: I had a wee look and I found this player. He he didn't play too many games, for us, but I did enjoy him when he played. Um, you, you may know him, and um, his name is Chris Dolan. Oh, yeah, you, know, you, may, you may have heard of him. 128 goals for us. Um, I believe he went into management now, hasn't he? Chris Dolan, mm-hmm. he's, he's managing some team, um, at the moment. 438 appearances, the, the greatest player I'll ever see, um, and the, the nicest man you'll ever meet. And yeah, I, I think that it's just we. I liked him being, well, no, I, I'll take that back, right? I, I didn't like him being at Arbroath because I wanted him to stay with us forever, right? But after, like, leaving and going to Ayr and then Morton, and they done nothing with him apart from to, like, score against us at Farhill, it was nice to see him go to Arbroath and, you know, running his career there um, and not being at some hardy club that we just abuse each other all the time. It was nice being at Arbroath he gets to go up to, you know, the Bell Rock and get a, a fish tea whenever he likes, and I quite like that. As I, if I would like when I'm in like my retirement years, just being able to go and get a fish tea at the Bell Rock every day at work. Uh, that's basically what I want to gravitate towards. So I think do it's leaving, leave, our uh, chippy, the it's leaving our best
0: chappy, by the way, leaving our best chappy, but keep going. You'll need, you'll
2: need venture further when you come up. here. Well, no, we're, we'll be asking about that later. But yeah, but it's, it's just you know, I thought it was. If he couldn't be with us, I'm I'm glad that he went to Arbroath and had you know had an all right end, um, and he didn't end it bloody green Morton. So thank you Arbroath forever for making sure that Chris Dylan's last team was not fucking Morton.
1: <laughs> no, here, here. Um, just before we have folk screaming in that. David's quoted 430 appearances and 120 goals. Uh, David, I know you have taken that from friend of the show, Thistle Archive, who do include friendly and testimonial appearances and that.
2: As do I. <laughs> I. I'm certainly not
1: taking any goals, testimonial or not, <laughs> away from Chris Dillon. He's said 129 if it wasn't for a dodgy linesman, so there you go. and what was Chris like in his short spell of Broth? Right, you know what? I feel really sorry for him, first of all, because he came to
0: Broth and... He never got to play in front of the Broke fans, you know. He came, he came up, he came up really uh, through COVID times, you know, playing in silence. I can remember one of my memories of Crystal. He only scored three goals for us, right? So he did. It wasn't like a a goal scoring machine for us. But one of my memories was we were playing. I was watching this game on Pay TV. Uh, we playing at the Tyne Castle. I bought Hearts TV, and Hearts absolutely steamroller does. I think Nasir, who memory scored a hat trick against us, and absolutely were. They were absolutely destroying us, and it was embarrassing. I thought it was going to be about seven or eight nil. I was at the point I'm thinking, "This is—I was found alive. We're going to get relegated here." Um, and then Doolin scored a beautiful goal, you know, to get us to, to give us some hope. Um, so I remember that. I also remember, even though he wasn't a, an amazing goal scorer, that the level of respect that everybody at our football club had for Cristo as a person. It still runs true to this day. They took the, I can remember speaking to Dick Campbell When he was, when Chris had decided at that point I think he was hanging up his boots I think he was going down He had his, he had his own academy coaching school for kids didn't he? And So he was initially going to do that But he obviously went back to you guys in a coaching capacity um, But I can remember that Campbell Absolutely gutted That Chris Dooler had decided He was going down the road And it wasn't just about what he was like on the pitch But it was what he was like off the pitch I spoke to Dick actually a few weeks ago Before we played against you um, and he was talking in glowing terms about Chris Doolin, um, as a person and as a coach, as somebody he rates incredibly highly. So even though Chris Doolin never felt the love from the both fans in Gayfield, which I feel sorry for him for, I think there's a, a lot of respect from us as a football club for him
1: as a person. You maybe give him three points next time he visits then. That, that would be... That think, that well, would be not great. that much respect. <laughs> not that, that much know. respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: not, not, not that
1: much, honestly. Not that much
0: respect. <laughs>
1: David, I know you had a question about if you if could pick a player from the past and I'd like you to ask it because I don't have it written down in front of me and I want you to ask it properly.
2: I'll need to remember what the question is. But um, yeah, so... We wanted to ask if you could pick. Well, this is interesting than it is our broth because I think if we ask this to other people, a lot of people are going to go, Chris Dillon. However, if you had to pick a player that played for Thistle that never mm-hmm. played for our to be in an our side, sides, maybe t- today or at some point, who would you choose?
0: Right. It's probably an obvious one in some respects as well, right? So I was looking up his career history earlier, right? And he made 20 moves in his career. Right? That's not to say he played for 20 clubs because he played for, say, uh, a few clubs more than once, right? You'll remember Chick Charlie. You you'll remember all his spells at Partick. Chick Charlie for me, lovable rogue kind of guy. Uh, football In terms of a footballer, absolutely one of the most naturally gifted footballers I think I've ever seen. And um, What he could do with a football at his level was just phenomenal. I think, a great entertainer. Maybe sometimes you watched him and maybe there were times you would say a fully fit Chick Charmley would be amazing because you're thinking maybe he wasn't always fully fit, but what a phenomenal football player. Almost, I would like him, it would be saying he was the Gaza of the lower leagues. Is that a fair a fair comparison in terms of character, in terms of natural ability and flair
1: and, and sheer entertainment value? I think so, yeah. my question would be, would would there be a place in the Dick Campbell team for Chick Charnley? No, no, hundred percent not. Hundred <laughs> percent not. I <laughs> that that was that was my
0: caveat when I was thinking about it. Would he fit would they come into our current side in our club and fit in? Probably not, because we saw what happened with Scott Allen last year. It just wasn't the right fit. And I'm not saying Scott Allen's exactly the same as Chick Charnley, but there are similarities in terms of Natural ability and maybe to genuinely ping a pass and stuff, but maybe not the work ethic and the work rate that is required for a club like our broth. But even just to see, see the flair and the touches and the passes, I would like to see him play for our broth, but would they fit into that side?
1: Absolutely not. Right, and we're almost 50 minutes into this podcast, but I'm glad we're finally getting to the the important business. You tell us about the, the best chippies in our broth then. The best well, actually,
0: the best one was
1: Pepo's, um
0: which closed down a couple of years ago, but then got taken over, um, and it was the harbour. You've got that. You've got the Kearney again. The Kearney Chippers uh, going was historically was owned by a couple of Italian-esque brothers, which is a bit further up. You'll never see that because it's not really the part of our bro. You'll come into I'm trying to think where else you can go. You've got the Golden Hardock as well, which is down by the harbour as well. But I know why you like the Bell Rock. The Bell Rock's the place that, that likes to do all the quirky things, like your deep-fried smokies, your deep-fried Maltesers you can get in there as well. Um, well
1: I don't know if you've tried those. I've definitely tried the the deep-fried smokies. I was going to ask do you, think they would smoke and deep-fry any any cream eggs? I know you've said they do the Maltesers, but
0: oh, I'm sure they would do that. I'm absolutely sure they would do that. That, that. They they like quirky things like that, and they get they get a lot of footfall for football fans. Just it's purely a location thing and I'm not decrying it, I'm not saying it's terrible because it, we quite often get a chippy out of there, but I think if you, if you were to venture down to the harbour area, we used to have a chippy called the Round Doe, which was just off the high street, which everybody loved but that it sadly shut down but if you were to venture down to the harbour area you've got Marco's on the shore, you've got what was Pepo's, which is now called the harbour chippy, those are ones and then you've got the Golden Haddock, they're all down there though, that's a trio of chippies that that might rifle your uh, love
1: of the Bell Rock. Yeah, David, I know like me, you are you are Bell Rock loyal. Has you and managed to persuade you to to go elsewhere on the next uh, next week, or will you be will you be taking out a six pack of cream eggs into the Bell Rock and and, and asking him to do some magic with them?
2: Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm very tempted to do some sort of uh, voice noting and, and try and get we Jack and Smurfer going up together. So I think we might all go to one and try bits of each. So you never know. I've got five quick-fire questions for you. Just go with your heart on this, right? Uh, just, okay. Uh, an Arborove quiz. Um, how many bites do you think it would take you to eat a deep-fried cream egg? Uh,
0: none. I would just go it down, to be honest with you. straight down, and then I probably, I probably wouldn't even digest it before I was already asking for my second one.
2: Fair. Zero. A I, I new record. Zero. <laughs> Zero bites. Um... <laughs> Speaking as someone who always has to take a smoky home from my wife at football, how many smokies do you think you could smuggle in the Gayfield? Oh, how yeah. many could
0: I smuggle
2: in? Yeah, because, I mean, like jackets, pockets, I've taken a few in before myself, so it's... You know. I, I, reckon about to,
0: I reckon about 10, is that not enough? i will get some um, questions about right.
1: this question, David, because are you asking how many would I feel comfortable smuggling in? <laughs> or if you were saying, I'll give you 100 quid for every one you smuggle in, and there's no shame involved, like, how many could you smuggle in? Because, like, comfortably, you're probably looking at 10, like, a few in each of your pockets and your jacket and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. If there was yeah. absolutely no shame and you were offering me financial incentive, we might be looking at nearly three figures. <laughs> we're talking sellotape. So then, do you know what?
2: <laughs> Bear mind, you, you guys, have to... For- you have to get searched by like the, the security guards and your vacuum packed smoky suit of armour that you're you're walking into Gayfield with. So you yeah, know there is definitely shame involved. Like yeah. I don't
1: think smoked fish is part of the, the prohibited <laughs> items in the SPFL fan policy. I'm, no, I'm gonna tell you guys that we're such a friendly, welcoming club and
0: we love visitors coming up to see us, particularly people that have got respect for like you guys as fans, that if I were you, I'd go down and, and I would raid all the, the the harbour shops, all the fish shops down in, in the, the foot of the town, which of which there's probably about eight or nine of them that you could that you could raid. Um, and then I would go to the front door, a fancy new front door that you'd you probably see, and I would just say, Listen, I need to take these down the road and I bet you they would put them in a box so you keep them until you come out. And they'd hand them back over to you after we won 3-0 and say that you go take them down the road. <laughs>
1: We're gonna have what, a busy day on Saturday, David. Getting a box <laughs> full of Smokies and getting banned from Chippies for taking cream yeah. eggs. Out. Yeah.
2: What? What's that? What's that Barcelona motto? Is it Mesquite Un Club"? That's that's basically our bro. Yeah.
0: Point. Uh, yeah.
2: Question three. No, they uh, genuinely would do that though. Yeah.
0: yeah. Genuinely would keep them for Question three: Have you ever been to DeVito's nightclub? Oh yeah, I've been to DeVito's nightclub. Uh, I was last in it, actually after a bro Player of the Year dance about two years ago, actually, or a year and a half ago now. So. Uh, I was last in it unexpectedly because, and I was last in it with a few of our uh, broth players. One of them will say, right, I'm just going to say, Jason Thompson lives in Fife, right? And I'm not going to be telling any secrets here. Jason Thompson lives in Fife and I was getting a taxi home and at that point I was deciding I was going to be going up the road. I was getting, because the, the dinner was at Carnoustie, Carnoustie Golf Hotel, and I thought, I'm just going up the road. Jason Thompson gets in and he's wanting to go home at Fife but somehow ended up in the taxis and going to Abrof and somehow ended up in the DeVito's with me. So, yeah.
2: What's your uh, favourite place for a pint in broth?
0: Favourite place? Uh, I'm going to be dull and I'm just saying this because I like giving them other I would say Tutties Tuttys uh, because the Wi-Fi password is Bobby Lynn. Yeah. Um, and, and because... Carol is um Carol that runs it is a massive fan of our broth and she puts so much effort in it. Our supporters club comes out of there. Uh, my son is now home and away with Abroth. Um The only game he's missed this season was the Dundee United home game when we were in Mexico. He's been to every single game since then, and he goes on the party's bus. So I'm going to see them, but you have got other places. You've got the Ramseys up at my end of town. You've got the Lachlands, which is another one. Um, you guys will probably know station bar because if you're getting the train up you'll go out and you'll see that you'll know the Westport um, and the, but a really good pub if you do end up going down to the Chippies in the Harbour is the Newgate try the Newgate the Newgate is really nicely done in really done up really friendly atmosphere um, and you get really nice drink out of there so I would try the Newgate I would recommend it but it's probably off the beaten track for where you normally go
2: Possibly, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep it in our mind. Um, and finally, um, in tribute to Pleasureland, did you play computer games when you were younger? And what was your favourite computer game?
0: Uh, specifically
2: arcade as well. Uh,
0: uh, the, uh, specifically arcade? I think this just made into an arcade game. I'm going to cheat and say this, but Sensible Soccer was my favourite game when I was younger. Do you remember that? Or it yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was probably, I did play Kickoff, which was pretty, pre-dated that um, and that was just like a drone overhead bird's eye view of the players but sensible soccer All of its day almost had the most amazing graphics for me because I couldn't believe that they had the they had the stripes on but they, they would have the proper stripes on for Patrick and everything like that and I was thinking wow this is like being a film it's just nothing like what you can see now but that was probably my favourite I did play Mario as well I played Mario Kart. I still sometimes play my son's PS five of them to be honest with you. But it's mainly it's mainly um FIFA we play. And we've actually got this really weird game that we played just now. So I don't know if you guys have got the new FIFA or have you played it? Have you, have you or have you played it recently? Or have you... I've got it, yep. Right. So we play survival mode, right? right. So we right. And it's a really fun game you should do. i said so we play survival mode, and then my son misses about with all the settings, the right? So he, he puts the referee on the strictest mode, right? So that it's basically NFL is going to be a booking or a red card. Then he puts injuries up full, so that basically, literally your players are running about with nobody near them, and then they suddenly roll over like they've broken their leg. Um, so you end up having to sub all your players on, and we play the game, and the winner is the person that gets the game abandoned first. <laughs> So you yeah, you have to go down. We've discovered you have to go down to four players to get the game abandoned. So, <laughs> uh, but we we had to we had to actually add our own rules because it was becoming too easy just to get the game abandoned by getting players sent off. So we then changed it that we both had an agreement that we have to we have to score a certain amount of goals before you become active and you're allowed to get the game abandoned. So we, we've. We put a lot of thought into this but that's the game we play all the time and it's it's, it's something weirdly satisfying of, of seeing your players having to walk off the pitch with all the officials and everything like that because uh, the game's been abandoned and uh, your
1: opponent's been awarded a 3-0 win. <laughs> well Thistle tried that up out of both in a cup tie, didn't they? The three red cards uh, in the late 90s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before their time. Yeah,
0: yeah but try um, that. Seriously, try that. You'll have so much fun doing that. It's much
1: more fun than just playing the game normally. Uh, very last question Ewan We'll push you for a score prediction for Saturday
0: Right, I'm not going to be as confident as cocky as I was earlier on when I said we will hand you the box of Smokies after 3-0 win I'm not that confident uh, I'm going to just try and be optimistic and say we'll win 2-1 but I don't really think that uh, I, I would probably take a draw to stem the flow after a result last week um, but I'm going to say we'll win 2-1 I'm going to say that Jermaine Hilton will score the winning goal, and you know all about him
1: from playing at Farhill recently. Yes, we do. David, you yourselves? I
0: think,
1: I think if, if we win, we're recording this on Monday night before the air game. If we beat Air at Farhill, I think I would take a draw on our broth, Just because we do not have a good record there. So I'll say one-one. I'm going
2: to say um, I'm going to say 3 0 Fisal after our blow down to four men.
0: Um, that <laughs> I don't want to see it in real life on a club, but I don't I don't mind playing on a computer game but it's, it's a different story, I don't want us to go down to that a minute, but yeah, that would
1: be fun David, Ewan thank you very much for joining me thank you for listening, if you've made it this far into the episode we will be back later on in the week to review our home game against Air and our even earlier, a way trip to Hamden, which seems like a long time ago now. If you haven't already, you can listen to our Halloween special. But in the meantime, stay safe.